0: Hello, this is Anthony Day, and welcome to another edition of Sustainable Business. This week, the environmental impact of IT. Are carbon labels too costly for business? Do home buyers take any notice of the carbon footprint of the property they're about to buy? And we read this week about sea tubes. Are they the answer to climate change? Also, this week, I met Tom Oxley at Norwich Union and talked about the impacts on his industry of sustainability and green issues. Finally, does Tesco need a little bit of help? A report out this week suggests the impact of IT is similar to the impact of the airline industry as far as carbon footprints are concerned. The US consulting company Gartner said that deploying more IT can significantly contribute to making an organisation more environmentally sustainable. The report says that the first degree impact comprises IT itself including electronic waste, use of non-renewable energy and user behaviour. Second degree impact is the effect of IT on business operations and the supply chain including material and energy consumption, emissions or waste from manufacturing and all operating processes, paper consumption, lighting, heating and cooling, workforce commuting and mobility, vehicle fleets, supply chain impact and waste disposal. Third degree impact is the direct impact caused by buying and using the company's products or services. For example, in the case of a car manufacturer, the energy that goes into assembling cars, manufacturing and shipping components, and performing testing, is all part of the second degree impact. The fuel used for the cars and their carbon dioxide emissions constitute the third degree impact. The IT that runs the factory constitutes the first degree of impact. There's therefore a wide range of things to consider in terms of the impact of IT on businesses' carbon footprint. We're all familiar with the suggestion that we should turn off computers and printers overnight or turn off the screens at least. But the way we use IT can have a significant effect On the carbon footprint that we're creating. And to compare it with the airline industry brings home how big that impact really is. If you've heard one of my presentations you've probably seen that slide with a picture of a Walker's crisp packet and the carbon label in the bottom corner. That's supposed to show that it takes 75 grams of CO2 or at least it leads to the emission of 75 grams of CO2 to bring a packet of crisps from the raw materials right through to your supermarket shelf. When every product has a carbon label on it, then we as consumers will be able to decide which ones to buy and choose those which have the minimum effect on the nation's carbon footprint. That's the theory. But Beyond Walker's Crisps, which was the pilot study, not much progress has been made. Boots have labelled to shampoo but are not particularly happy about the cost, reputed to be £40,000, which was involved in setting up the system. Organisations like John Lewis, which apparently have 350,000 products, are not very happy about this at all. Of course, once you've invested the first £40,000 additional products are not going to cost the same. In fact, Ewan Murray from the Carbon Trust said that once they'd gone through the process of working out the carbon footprint of Walker's Cheese and Onion Crisps it took just three days to do it for all the other flavours. So the methodology can be easily reapplied. At the back of my mind I wonder whether this carbon labelling ...is designed for eventual carbon taxation. Let's watch this space. Remember the HIPs, the home information packs which were launched in the summer? A major part of them was an energy efficiency survey. And there was a lot of fuss at the time... ...because people were very sceptical about whether buyers were really concerned... ...about the energy efficiency of a property that they were about to buy. Now Red Row Homes has produced a survey and they found that some two-thirds of homeowners are making an effort to reduce their carbon footprint. Up to 72% of homeowners were employing energy-efficient light bulbs, 70% had segregated recycling bins and 69% had one or more A-rated energy-efficient appliance. Approximately 20% of homeowners believe they are already doing everything they can to reduce their environmental impact, while 45% state they are making an effort in some areas. 85% claim to recycle newspapers and other paper-based products. We were very encouraged, Redrow say, that 80% of people said they would be more likely to buy a home that was eco-friendly, especially as the government has challenged all house builders to create homes with a zero-carbon footprint by 2016. However, there were some areas of concern up to 89 percent of those questioned admitted they could not live without their car only nine percent of people regularly take part in a car share program for work or school and only six percent use public transport every day finally only 12 percent of those questioned had knowingly signed up to a green energy supplier so all in all we are talking the talk but not everybody is walking the talk and some are in fact driving the talk and maybe even in 4x4s. This week I met Tom Oxley who is Corporate Social Responsibility Manager at Norwich Union. Norwich Union is part of the Aviva Group which also owns the RAC. We met at the headquarters in Norwich in the staff cafeteria which explains the background noise. Before we started Tom showed me that you get your coffee in a china mug. The napkins are made of compostable, unbleached paper. And there's a whole range of recycling bins. As he said, if you don't get the basic details right, people won't take you seriously when you start talking about the big issues. He talked first about the pressures on his industry. We have had a series of major events Right, and those are the well-reported
1: weather events. and They have um, affected our turnover to the tune in terms of claims of hundreds of millions of pounds. Now, that hasn't just affected Norwich Union, that's affected the market. And under such circumstances, the pressure's on for insurance companies. And when the pressure's on, the luxury areas of corporate strategy are often turn down. Right.
0: Is this a luxury?
1: Of course, we naturally have uh, our shareholders who expect a year-on-year return, yeah. and the analysts in the city expect that too. So, with regards to an item such as climate change, it is seen as a relative luxury in some areas such as product development. We know it's happening, we understand it's happening, but we have pressures on the business that are happening right now. If the market, our our customer market was screaming at us for environmental products, then that is something to which we would react. They are not yet. And we're researching their attitudes as to why and understanding what we need to do to be there for when the market is ready. So you see yourself as following the market rather than necessarily leading it, do you? You could you could say that certainly with some of the products that are already out there from other insurers. One breakdown company said that each breakdown that you undertake is a is a carbon neutral breakdown. Every every single RSC breakdown Rescue is a carbon neutral breakdown because RSC and Norwich Union and Aviva are indeed carbon neutral, but we don't advertise it as such yet because we don't think that that is the primary importance for our consumer market.
0: Okay. But you've achieved it, although you've not. We don't shout that. about it so much. Can the I rooftops. ask how you've achieved
1: it? We have a few tiers to our strategy.
0: Those tiers
1: are that we we, we procure emission-free electricity from hydroelectric sources yeah. in the buildings we manage. We have an energy reduction team. We have a, a program for general environmental things as well. And finally, we count up our own offset uh, quantities through measuring oil, gas, not yet not yet water, but we do have water reduction things in place because we understand it has a carbon footprint even though we don't measure it in terms of offset. Business travel, that sort of thing, Mm -hmm. air miles, all those things are are included. But alongside that, the board became convinced that we should do two things. We should should understand ways of infusing carbon reduction throughout the business in terms of reduction measures, as well as passing down the cost of becoming carbon neutral. Mm -hmm. So we've spent... Oh, well, there's an individual who spent most of last year tracking carbon throughout the RAC, okay. Norwich Union and indeed trying to gather statistics from across the world. Carbon neutrality in terms of, or carbon reduction in terms of product development is not a current priority. We are doing those, those basic things to get our own house in order, operationally being carbon neutral, procuring emission free energy. To, to understand that we are not at this time making the problem any worse, while we consider how we can genuinely tackle the problem through products and services in a, in a sort of bit more of a slow burning way mm-hmm. as opposed to any knee-jerk reactions okay. But we are, we are of the opinion as are others Marks and Spencers being one that, that you can't simply have a carbon neutral project going on without the reduction measures as well we have an energy team that is considering things like reusing the energy that, that gets chucked out of data centres, large collections of computers and yeah. servers that collect yeah. a lot of custom data. Yeah. They produce a lot of heat. What do we do with that heat? Do we spend one million that has a fifty-year return, yeah. or do we spend ten thousand that has a year-on-year return? Yeah, so? yeah. Those are the things yeah. that. Um, that the energy steering groups are considering
0: at the moment. One thing that's mentioned on your website is you've got something like 35,000 PCs. Yes, that's right, approximately. making sure that they're not left on overnight is going to have a very significant effect, both in terms of energy and the related uh, carbon footprint. Indeed. We reckon about half of more
1: than half of them are left on overnight, and that's pretty depressing, really. Why? We have to ask ourselves why. could be due to laziness, ignorance... It could be due to the fact that they are many of them are in call centres, and you see, if you're 18, you're working in a call centre, and it takes you 20 minutes to log on in the morning. That 20 minutes you could have been in bed, and so you leave it on. And this this is a very good example, actually, of of people who approach us going, "We can solve this problem for yeah. you." And we thought we thought we found an answer in, in 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 a company who said, "Well, we can save you we can save you millions. We can you can just plug this in and." Give them switch everything, power everything down the save you loads. By the way, the license costs XXXX thousand. Right. So automatically you have you have what I just described, which is a situation where I go, do we, do we spend this out there? Will our savings, year on year, match the license for this project? And actually, they didn't really. Actually, as it's turned out, we can centrally and we are slowly working it out across the business to reset the computers. But that is
0: a symptom of...
1: What we affectionately call the, the, the snake oil salesman. Yes,
0: oh, there's plenty of them around.
1: There's lots, steel. yeah. There's yeah, lots who say, well, the RAC have them every day. You can stick this pill in your fuel tank oh, and yes. it'll make you 30% more efficient. You can do this, that, oh, and the other. More than 70% of staff believe that the environment is a very important thing for companies to get right. Yes. So certainly if you don't get it right, then your staff won't enjoy working for you. So, so that's, where, that's where we are in it, and I, I wonder if that's...
0: That's very interesting. So what you're saying is you, you've really been doing good by stealth uh, because you've been actually getting your corporate uh, footprint as low or small as possible. That's right. And the next stage is to talk to your uh, your colleagues, your, yes. your employees your staff, and you're doing that with your Energy Week to start with. Energy Savings Week, yes, yeah. an
1: Energy Savings Trust. We're doing environmental volunteering. Yeah. Payroll giving options. Um, we are doing a a carbon champions community project for schools mm. to go on a website. They go on a website. They download a bunch of resources. The school rings us up. Goes, can we have some volunteers? We send in volunteers into the school to help yeah. them measure and audit and reduce yeah. the school's um, environmental mm. footprint. Mm. So it's a nice, nice rounded thing that has development. Uh, Opportunities for staff. Then you can start talking to customers about it. Just, just start. Just do something. You can start it tomorrow. You can have recycling tomorrow. You can have your, you can have little bits of things tomorrow. You can ask your staff tomorrow how they feel about the issue. You can start tomorrow uh, or today when you go back about these things and and see where the program takes you because it does make you feel quite good as well. So uh, one is not here to predict the future, but one. Can can do what we can right now. Yes. Yes. A long yes. way for us all to go. And I tell yeah, you, that, one of the big questions is what's what's the next? Not the next carbon. It's the next climate change. And you know, so it's a it's a big question. But if you're really thinking, you know, you get um, futurologists, do you? Yeah. Yeah. What are they thinking about? What's actually going to happen next? We may not even get there if we don't get this bit right. But well, yeah.
0: I mean, don't you think climate is going to concentrate our minds for the zero future? I think it will become embedded.
1: We are asking extremely big questions. Yes, Uh, extremely big questions, frighteningly big.
0: James Lovelock is a respected scientist who has written extensively on the climate and climate change. He is the originator of the Gaia Whole Earth Theory, which sees our planet as one integrated organism. His latest suggestion is sea tubes. Tubes in the ocean reaching 200 metres below the surface, which will transport nutrient rich water from the depths up to the surface where they will stimulate the growth of algae. The algae will absorb carbon dioxide, then they will die and sink to the bottom of the ocean taking the CO2 with them. Sounds a good idea, as long as there are no side effects. But I'm thinking about other suggestions which have been made. For example, some scientists have said that we should have ships crisscrossing the ocean day and night, spreading iron oxide, which will have the same effect of stimulating the growth of algae. Other people have said we should put particulates into the atmosphere to cause global dimming to blot out some of the sunshine and therefore prevent the increase in global temperatures. Lovelock himself has suggested that we should put a mirror in space to reflect away some of the sun's heat and stop the earth from overheating. My concern is about which country controls this, for whose benefit will it be operated, and surely for mankind to take over responsibility for the balance of nature is a responsibility far, far too far. How green is my Tesco? Catherine Hamnett is an international fashion designer who has created a collection for Tesco. It's based on fabrics which are fair trade, recyclable and environmentally responsible. But last week she told Draper magazine that she'd broken with Tesco because she didn't think they were taking the environment seriously. This comes only a couple of weeks after Tesco announced that they were giving 25 million pounds to Manchester University to set up an institute for sustainable consumption. Now 25 million pounds for Tesco is just a drop in a bucket, particularly when you consider that they announced profits of 1.9 billion pounds this week. But looking at it from the other point of view, 25 million pounds is something that I'm sure Manchester University can do a lot with. I'm going to follow up the Institute for Sustainable Consumption And I'll let you know what I find out. And finally, something which isn't really to do with the environment, but a remark which I heard on Radio 4's Today programme this week. The sports reporter said, if he doesn't win tonight, he'll be in a no-win situation. Yes, well... I'm Anthony Day. I'm a speaker. Thank you for being a listener.